just thank you for the opportunity to be back uh, in my home church, the place that I grew up in. Lord, it's so good to see familiar faces, but Lord, it's, uh, it's really good to see a lot of new faces and a lot of new members. And so I just pray, God, that you would uh, give me the words to say, Lord, help me to have my thoughts in order. And just, um, I pray that uh, the message would speak to someone tonight. In your name, amen. Um, so like I said, I was born in a little town of Gordon, Nebraska, not far from here. Um, and then my parents moved here, and, and we started attending here. Karen and I, we grew up together. So I've known Karen a very, very long time. And then um, um, went to the school here. And I'm going to fast forward a lot of my life. So between... Um, the time my parents came here to the age of 14, and you can confirm this with my mom, um, and when I get nervous, I, get, I, I start cracking jokes, but I was the perfect angel, and my mom is here to confirm that, and, uh, <laughs> but it, it wasn't until I was 14 that things, I was no longer an angel, but at the age of 14, though, I was, um, I'll never forget it, um, Mrs. Williams and I, we were practicing the violin right over here for some competition. And for those of you that don't know, I, I do play the violin. And so we were practicing, and, and in the middle of practicing, Mrs. Williams had just stopped. And she says, I want to ask you a question. I said, okay, I just kind of figured it was going to be geared toward what we were practicing. And she says, Winston, are, are you saved? And I said, yes. And that kind of threw me off guard a little bit. And then she says, how do you know? And I'm just thinking, why can't we just move on? You know, just take yes and let's go with it. Well, at the age of 14, for those of you that remember, JB's Restaurant on Mount Rushmore Road used to be there. I don't know what's there now, but I used to work at JB's Restaurant. And parents, I would never recommend allowing your teenagers to work in a restaurant nor a fast food joint. I would never recommend it. There's other things they can do besides work in a restaurant. Uh, the amount of wickedness, the vile that comes out of kids' mouths, it was just horrible. And a lot of the things that they were doing was also rubbing off on me. But there was also some of the stuff they would do that I wouldn't do because I knew there was a line I wouldn't cross. And so in the three seconds I had to answer Mrs. Williams, I, thought, I said... Well, I don't do a lot of things that other kids do. Her response to me was, huh, I don't know how to respond to that. And so life went on. Well, I'm 16 years old now. Uh, I was here in the Christian school. It's summer break. And I was ready to be done with Christian school. I didn't want it anymore. And... Um, I was very adamant about going to the public school. I wanted to go to public school. In fact, I wanted to go to Stevens High School. And I wanted to play football. I wanted to be with other friends, and there was other reasons we're not going to get into. My dad was, he was kind of on the fence about it. He knew I wanted to play ball, but he also knew that the sacrifices him and my mom had made would have been for not. It would have been a waste. And I truly believe that if I did go to the public school, I believe that my brother and my sister who's here tonight, I'm sure they would have followed suit. Well, so it's August 22nd, 1999, and it was a Sunday night service. 
and I was sitting back there somewhere, and after the service, um, I'm standing right back there, right, right back behind the, the last pew there. And by the way, thank you for getting these more comfortable chairs. They're so much easier to sleep in. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they're rock-hard pews, man. They, whew. But I remember I was standing right back there, and my mom came up to me and says, we're going to go talk to Pastor Williams about you going to public school. And I said, no, we're not. I said, uh, he's, he's going to say public school's of the devil, and you should be here in the Christian school. Well, my mom uh, said, doesn't matter what you want. Grab me by my arm like any good mom would do to their rebellious son and drug me to Pastor Williams' office. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but... Now, Pastor Williams, I don't, I don't know if you have that office or not anymore, and, and, and I don't even know if the couch is in there anymore. That brown one? It, it's where? Well, don't resurrect it. Karen and maybe some others that are in here. When you were in trouble, you never sat back in that couch, man. It would suck you in, and you weren't leaving. Well, I'm 16. Now I know better. See, I've, I've experienced the couch already, so now I'm sitting on the edge of this thing, and I don't want to sit all the way back. And I really want to get out. Well, um... Well, little did I know that God was starting to work in my heart that night and change my attitude. Um, my mom had explained to Pastor what had gone on or what was going on. And Pastor Williams, you said some stuff that I don't even remember, but I remember this. He asked me this question. He says, Winston, have you prayed about it? And is it God's will? Now, in my mind, I didn't say this out loud, but I, in my mind, I said, yes, it is. Or yes, I have. Yes, it is. Let's get out of here. And he didn't even say anything I thought he was going to say. <clears throat> well, you said a bunch of other stuff, couldn't remember. Sorry about that. But. but Mrs. Williams was in there again that night. And uh, she was sitting in that recliner. And, um, and anyway, she says, Winston, I want to ask you something. She says, remember a few years back I asked you if you were saved? And I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, Winston, are you saved? And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit froze my tongue. I couldn't even talk if I wanted to. I wanted to say yes, but I couldn't. And the Holy Spirit placed in my mind and said, you know that if you say yes, you're a liar, and you'll walk out as lost as lost could be. I'm 16 years old. So I said no. Well, that night, August 22nd, 1999, at 9.30 at night, Pastor Williams and I, we knelt down behind his desk and asked Christ to save my soul. Now, Pastor, this is the verse. He gave me two verses. Do you remember what they are? Well, I'm going to tell you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is what you told me that night. This is the verses that the man that led you to the Lord gave you. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what you said. The Bible says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain 
in the Lord. Tonight I'm going to preach on your labor is not in vain. Pastor and Mrs. Williams, if you guys are watching tonight, your labor has not been in vain. Here's a young guy that grew up here, got saved, and is serving God somewhere else. I'm not in full-time service, so please understand that. I'm not in full-time service. I'm just a layman in a church, but I'm serving God. Mrs. Mack, I know you're not here tonight, and if you're listening, your your labor was not in vain. You put up with me and my brother. (laughs) Man, let me tell you, that was a lot right there. (laughs) That's enough right there for retirement. (laughs) I mean, let me tell you. Um, Mr. Brock, you know, I, I don't know if they're out in the foyer or not, but their labor was not in vain in the Lord. I mean, still serving the Lord, going through what they're going through right now. I have not stopped praying for them. I have not stopped praying. And the one thing, like, the, and, and what, when God put this on my heart, just to give a, a quick testimony, really, the messages this morning about just praying and how God prays for us. Well, let me tell you this. This guy right here, even though I'm not here, I still pray for this church every, as, 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 as many times as I can remember. And I'm going to point somebody out tonight, but that brother sitting right there, I, uh, Chavez, right? Three years ago, I was here, and he just asked, asked prayer for a, for a son of his. Brother, I don't know you from Adam. I just learned your last name tonight, but I prayed for you. I've been praying for your son. So some kid out in Ohio, who lives in Indiana now, has been praying for the people here. And I know that through prayer of others here, when I was living here, if it wasn't for them praying, I have no idea where I'd be today, nor do I want to know. So the message I have for you tonight is your labor is not in vain. Turn, if you would, to uh, Genesis chapter 37, yeah, 37, um, about a year ago, I, uh, I did a pretty exten- uh, uh, extensive study, I think I said that right, on uh, the, the life of Joseph, <clears throat> and I was kind of going through a hard time um, in 2019, um, and my pastor at that time had, had just given me uh, the book on Joseph, and he said this might help you, and it did. And, and um, so I, d- I did a pretty, a pretty deep study on the life of Joseph. And so we're going to kind of dig into his life tonight a little bit, and we're only, and we're only looking at just a fraction of, of his life. So Genesis chapter 37, we're going to start in verse 3, and we'll probably read through the whole chapter, so if you could just bear with me, but it's a good story. So here we go, Uh, verse 3 says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. For those of you that don't know, Israel is Jacob, Uh, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it <clears throat> his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, uh, we were uh, binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my chief arose and also stood upright. And behold, your chief stood around about and made obeisance to my chief. 
And his brethren said to him, uh, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But notice what his father did. His father rebuked him in a way. He was questioning it, but I think he was questioning it with a stern voice, as if I was going to question my son. Why did you do that? In a sense, he's rebuking him. But notice what he did. He observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem in Israel. Again, being Jacob said unto Joseph, do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, here am I. And he said to him, go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron And he came to Shechem, and a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into, into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And for time's sake, we're going to move down to verse 29, but basically um, they threw him in a pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites, and he was shipped off to Egypt. So verse 29 And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Uh, Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt under Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and a captain of the guard. And just kind of a free, well, no, I think I'll charge you, so I'll have an offering plate sitting back in the back. Just a side note here, all right? <clears throat> I only charge $5 for this side note, so I'll have an offering plate ready for me, Pastor Brooks. Will you? <laughs> no, I'm just, it costs a lot of money to come here, man. No, I'm just, um, but it is. It's, it's just a side note. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, again, I, I, I try to be funny when I get nervous, so I apologize. Um, Joseph, or not Joseph, Jacob had a lack of judgment here at the end. You see, 
the Bible doesn't say anywhere that that coat that was dipped in blood was ever shredded or ripped, does it? The Bible says um, that they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. When I read that, I'm, I'm reading as if that's a, that's a full coat going and being dipped into the blood. And so when Joseph saw that, he should have immediately thought that something's wrong here. There's, not, there's something not right here. This coat ought to be shredded to pieces if he was eaten by a, a wild animal of some sort. We as Christians need to be careful in the world today. I don't know about you, but I've been, my door has been knocked on by Jehovah's Witnesses. And man, let me tell you, they make it sound real good. They make, and when I say, well, I'm, no, it's okay, and I try to go to the word of God, and I tell them I'm a Baptist, oh, well, we're just like you. Well, no, you're not. And I say, well, let's see what the Bible talks about Jesus being a prophet. Oh, well, uh, wait a minute here. And they kind of shy away from that. Jesus is not a prophet. He's the son of God, and we all know that. So tonight's message, okay, that was just a side note. But we, we as Christians need to be, don't be like a Jacob. We need to be on our guard all the time, and especially with what's going on in the world today. We need to be on our guard. I mean, I believe the Bible says that we need to, to stand firm on the word of God. We need to, to hold, um, hold fast. Or that could be a song. I don't remember. But we need to stand strong in the word of God, and we need to stand strong. Uh, well, for, forgive me. My mind is going 100 miles an hour. But let's get back to the message here. So in chapter 37, there's three things I want to look at. In, in, in the life of Joseph, and then we're going to kind of get into the life of Reuben here. Joseph performed his duty most commendably. The number one thing, when we labor not in vain, he was submissive. Let's look at verse 13. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, here am I. In order for Joseph to be able to go look at his father's flock, Joseph had to be submissive to what his father wanted. And just like us, we need to be submissive to what our Heavenly Father wants of us. Amen. This podunk kid that, that grew up here ended up going to a Bible college. Um, so needless to say, after I got saved, I stayed in the school. I graduated from here. My first year of college, I ended up going to Black Hill State University for a year. And it was during that time that God was trying to get a hold of my heart. I wasn't running from God, but I wasn't letting God um, have his will and way with me. And I wasn't letting him have all of me. It, it, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, you know, here am I. But it's another to actually come bow before the Lord, and say, here am I, send me. And so I had to humble myself. But before that happened, you know, and I hate hate to say it, but something tragic happened in our family for God to get a hold of my heart. And it was at that time that I said, okay, God, whatever you want. 
I was letting the flesh take control of my life. I wasn't letting God have his will and way. And to be quite honest, I, the last thing from my mind was a Bible college. But God used, sadly, certain things to get a hold of me. And so at that time, I said, Lord, here am I. See, I had to be submissive for God to work in my life. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to say, God, here am I. Well, went off to Bible college, went to Fairhaven Baptist College in Chesterton, Indiana. And there's Pastor First, if you don't, if you don't know, he graduated from there. His, his son and daughter both graduated from there. And I believe it was that God used Pastor First for me to learn about Fairhaven, if that makes sense. Uh, we had gone to a few preaching conferences there. I got to learn a little bit about the college and what it was all about. And it was uh, during the, like I said, my first year of college, that God said, you know what, I want you to go to Fairhaven to be a pastor. You might be thinking to yourself, well, I thought you weren't in full-time service. We'll get to that. But I had to be submissive to what God wanted. Some of you in here may know who he is. Some of you may not, but Brother Dan Hotter Jr. I don't know where he's at today. I haven't seen that man in over 15 years. Uh, I lost contact with him after I had uh, moved away. But I'll never forget the story that he told. He said <clears throat> he was in Bible college, and, and he was kind of like, well, yeah, Lord, here am I, but uh, I'm kind of willing just to, you know, I, I just want to stay here in the United States, you know, and, and I'll go anywhere, really. I'll go to Africa. But there was one place he didn't want to go, and that was Japan. And so it was during um, uh, preaching or some sort that God used, and uh, Brother Dan Hotry Jr. walked down the aisle and just prayed and gave his heart to the Lord and said, Lord, here am I. Send me wherever you want me to go. Well, Dan Hotry, guess what God called him to go? Japan, of all places. He didn't want to go there, but God told him to go. He was packed up, ready to go, had plane tickets in hand at the airport, and God said, good. Now I have your whole heart. I don't want you to go to Japan. And now he's an evangelist. And he's been all over the United States and I'm sure in different countries. But he had to be submissive to allow God use him. And God has used him in such a mighty way. How many of you in here can honestly say with a clear conscience, yes, I have bowed my head and I've given my heart over to the Lord. And I said, Lord, here am I, send me. That's exactly what Joseph did to his dad. He said, here am I. Well, not only was Joseph submissive, but he was also sacrificial. Verse 14, and he said to him, go, the he being Jacob, he said, go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flock. His dad told him to go. You see, he gave up the comfort of home. And I think a lot of times the reason we're not willing to say, here am I, is because we're not willing to give up the comforts of home. When I went off to Bible college, whoa, that was a huge step of faith, let me tell you. Um, I was, this is comfortable. Home is always comfortable. And a lot of us don't want to have change in our life. 
But if we're not willing to have change in our life, how is God even going to change us or use us? And so I went off to Bible college. I had to get out of my comfort zone. I got there. Man, I was homesick. I wanted to come back. I wanted to see my mama. I wanted, an, I wanted another meal. But I had to give up some things. And to be honest, I'm glad I did. And I don't look back. I don't look back at all. I have no regrets. Because why? God was using me in a mighty way. And that's exactly what Joseph was doing. He was able to leave the comforts of home. I don't know if you know this man or not. His name is Adam Rich. He's on the mission field. Adam Rich I, uh, lived in Ohio, and he went to Bible college. Him and I went to school together. And he's not necessarily a missionary, but he just fills in for missionaries where needed. And so he was over in Zambia, Africa, and he ended up being there for about almost 10 years maybe, maybe a little less. I don't, I'm not quite sure. But how many of you would be willing to give up the comfort of your AC your nice king-size bed or queen, whatever you have, your nice car, and go to Africa to sleep in a bed with a net over it to not get malaria from the mosquitoes or have a nice poison snake sitting in your living room when you wake up. I don't think we would want that. But you know what? If you're willing to go serve God and do what God wants you to do, you're willing to do whatever it takes. See, those people needed a missionary over there to share God's word. Those people needed someone to spread the gospel, and God used him to put him over there. But you know what? He had to give up a little bit of comfort. He had to give up a little bit. He had to give up Facebook. There's no Facebook over there. Well, there is now, but there wasn't until like a couple years ago. I don't know what they did. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, and now he's up, at, he's up in Canada serving God up there on a mission field. All because why? He was submissive, and he was willing to give up a little bit of comfort of home. And that's the only way God can use us, if we're willing to be submissive to him and give up a little bit of comfort. Not only was Joseph submissive, sacrificial, but he was steadfast. Verses 15 through 17 says, And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. We'll stop right there, but when Joseph was looking for his brothers, he didn't find them right away. They were supposed to be in Shechem, but they weren't there. They were in Dothan. But Joseph, he was just kind of wandering around looking for them. And I think a lot of times in our own lives, we kind of start wandering around. Okay, Lord, what now? We're in a church, and we're kind of like, Lord, what do you want me to do here? I'm here. Joseph, he was just wandering around looking for his brothers, and somebody saw him. What you need to do is go to a pastor and say, Pastor, I'm tired of wandering around. Where can I be used? Are you willing to be used? Are you willing to, I'm sure that there's, there's I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty of ministries here. You might be saying, well, that looks like it's full. That van ministry probably got enough workers in it, doesn't it? The jail ministry probably has enough workers in it. 
music ministry, nah, I don't know music, so I, I guess I can't do that. You see, if you want to be a bump on the log, how is God going to use you? Yes, Joseph, he was wandering around, but the Bible says that he talked to a man. A man found him. He talked to him. says, where's my brother? Where's my brethren? He said he's over in Dothan, and Joseph kept on trucking. And I like to say he grabbed another gear and hammered down. For those of you that don't know, I drive truck for a living, so that's a little trucker lingo for you. But that's exactly what he did. He didn't keep wandering around. He got the direction that he needed and kept on going. When you get the direction you need from your pastor or from a spiritual leader that's here, you don't just keep wandering around. You keep on going. You don't stop. And that's exactly what we as a family could have done. So after Bible college, um, I I didn't graduate. It was during my time there that God said, uh, Winston, I didn't call you to be a pastor. I called you to get away from home. And so I said, okay. And so I continued in the ministry. I didn't wander around. I worked in a bus. I worked in a Sunday school class. And I think I stayed in the nursing home that I was in. But I didn't wander around. I still wanted God to use me. And I still wanted to do the work of the Lord. Well, uh, that was 2000, at the beginning of 2004. Um, I... Sadly, I quit school, um, got a full-time job driving truck, and then um, that was only supposed to be one-year gig, but turned into 16, and um, met my wife at Fairhaven, and then in two, October of 2004, I moved to Ohio, uh, Youngstown, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, and there, my wife and I, we served under Pastor Ron Royalty for 12 years, her and I, we, again, we continued to, to, to um, uh, work. We didn't get there and just kind of, whoa, what do we do? We knew what to do. It was, let's see what we can do for the Lord. And so we went, and we, we, her and I were bus captains on a bus. Her and I taught a Sunday school class and did a few other things. And just through some unforeseen circumstances, God closed a Christian school and said it's time to move. Now, I could have said, well, uh, I'm done. But you know what? I had to keep going because I remember when I was here, before I went to Bible college, I said, here am I, Lord, and I want you to use me. And so why would I stand idle? Why would I not go serve somewhere else? And so God said, I want you to go to Slippery Rock Baptist in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. So Chris and I, we commuted. It was about an hour commute one way. We commuted that for two and a half, what, two and a half, three years almost. And so, and I was talking to Pastor Williams about this. For those of you that remember the cords, they commuted 90 miles here. And they were here almost every Sunday, morning and night. I'm too tired. And you live 10 minutes away? Man, shame on you. Amen. And you can't make it on a Sunday night? Come on now. They drove 90 miles Now, no disrespect, but they were older. And if they could do it, 
pretty sure you can handle the 10-minute commute or 30, whatever it is. So we knew that's where God wanted us to be at that time, and that's what we did. We served there, had a Sunday school class there. I, I, I taught the fourth and fifth grade boys, loved that class, got down on their level, and it was fun because I was able to, to teach them something that they could understand, and that's, I, we just had a great time. And then Kristen had her class, and she had the very little kids, and she got down on her, their level, and I had to bring her back up, you know. No. <laughs> but we served God there, and then, um, now please understand, I am not, homeschooling just was not for us. Please forgive me if you homeschool your child. I'm not against homeschooling. I think it has its place. But homeschooling was just not for us. And in 2019, my wife was about ready to pull out her hair. She already pulled out all mine, so that's why I grew the beard. And uh, uh, so we, we have been praying, though, that God would just please direct us. Please direct us. And I don't want to say we were begging God, but we were begging God. And believe it or not, this place was on the list, uh, Liberty Baptist. Uh, just a side note, I tried moving here four times before we moved to Indiana. And uh, I'm, yeah, you never know. I, you might have to get my wife to, I don't know. But she doesn't want to move again. That, anyway, but, um, you know, God closed the door. I don't know why, but he did. Um, so in 2019, like I said, we, we, we were looking at this place. We were looking at different, you know, I was looking in Florida. I was looking in California. No, not California. Uh, Texas, um, different parts of the country. And believe it or not, Fairhaven Baptist it was last on our list. Well, we went there anyway in 2019 to the preaching conference. And on the way there and even before then, we just asked God, please, please direct us. Please direct us. And so... Um, when we got there, we stayed with some friends of ours, and I know for a fact, I know for a fact that God spoke through him and his wife both to speak to us. And when God wants you somewhere, he'll do that. Now, I could have easily given up. I could have said, no, we're done. God's not moving fast enough. But it all goes back 16, 17, however many years ago it's been, to me saying, here am I, send me wherever you would want my family and I to go. And my wife and her parents live in PA. They live 45 minutes from us. And my wife said, I don't care where we go. If it's God's will, I'll go wherever. I don't have, I'm not here to be with my parents. I'm here to raise my kids and also raise our kids for the Lord. And I think so many times we give up. We just give up. And then look at our kids. Look what happens to them. And um, I think it was you that said for the family camp, we only have one chance with our kids. That's it, one. You, can't, you don't have a, uh, a rewind button like Adrian and I were talking about today. I kind of wish we did, but we don't. Well, um, when we left... Uh, week later, I told my wife, I said, I believe God's leading us back here. Three months later, we were back. God sold our house in a day. Couldn't believe that. I thought it was going to be on the market for maybe about a month. Uh, put it on the market on Monday, had an offer that night. Um, 
what normally takes about a month to do a transfer within the company only took a week and a half, two weeks. And when God wants to move mountains, he'll move mountains. And when God wants you somewhere, he'll put you there. And uh, he can move fast. And he moved fast, let me tell you. And that's exactly what Joseph, he stayed steadfast. He didn't stay off wandering. The Bible says, and the man said, they are departed hence, verse 17. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after. He could have easily said, well, they're in Dothan? Yeah. Positive? Yeah, pretty sure. All right, I'll go tell my father where they're at. You see, he would have been disobedient. You say, well, how do you know that? Um, verse 14, and he said to him, go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren. If he would have said they're in Dothan, he would have never saw him, would he? He wouldn't have seen him. And I think that's, I think we get so close to wanting to serve God and put both feet in, but we wander too much, and then we say, well, looks like it's taken care of. And then we kind of just wander on back to our pew and just kind of sit there and do nothing. Now, I may be stepping on toes tonight, but I leave. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to be here. <laughs> no. um, but Joseph... He was submissive, he was sacrificial, and he was steadfast. He stuck to the task, and he didn't stop looking for his brothers. He didn't stop the task. Well, let's get to Reuben, and then we're going to be done. Reuben heard it. Now, remember, his brothers wanted to kill him, and Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit. Joseph, I think, you know, Reuben delivered Joseph from his brothers temporarily, but he offered no more resistance to evil. Um, can't read my own writing. Evil. Anyway, and uh, he let Joseph down. I think Joseph was kind of like, hey, my older brother's coming here to save me. But when Reuben said, hey, let's throw him in a pit, Reuben left. I don't know where he went. The Bible doesn't say. But Reuben left. The Bible says in verse 29, and Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and he returned unto his brethren and said, the child is not, and I whither shall I go? See, Reuben had two little commitment. Reuben left his post of duty when he was needed the most. When we left uh, gospel, I could have said, I'm done. When we left Slippery Rock, I could have said, well, you know what? We're done. We're going to leave the post. Missionaries could say, man, this is hard. And they could leave their post. You were talking about pastors up in, on, the, on, the, on the western coast, over in Washington and Oregon, who have literally, in a sense, left their post. But why? Why are they leaving their post? Show me in the word of God where it's easy to serve God. You show me where it's easy serving God, 
I'll give you a crisp $100 bill. Don't go finding it, all right? No. No, I'm just... But it doesn't say it. It doesn't say it. Serving God is not easy, but let me tell you, serving God, it's rewarding. And there's a man down here that I've looked up to my whole life. His rewards may not be here on earth, but pastor, I know where your rewards are, and they're in heaven. Is that where our reward is? Are we just going to give up like Reuben did? Joseph needed him. He depended on him. People depend on us. If we give up the jail ministry, those people depend on you guys. If we give up our bus routes or our van routes or whatever ministry that we may be involved in, if we leave our post and say, well, somebody else has got it, what if somebody else doesn't have it? And you're leaving your post and you're leaving somebody else behind. You're leaving that man that was on the verge of asking Christ to save his soul, you're leaving him behind. Are you going to be a Reuben and leave the post? Because when Reuben returned, it was too late. Joseph was gone. So my question to you is this. Are you going to be a Joseph and be submissive to what God wants you to be? Are you willing to give up some stuff? Are you willing to have sacrifices? And are you willing to be steadfast? Because remember, that verse that Pastor Williams gave me, when I was 16 years old. In fact, I want to go back to it. Because I want to get it right. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always. It doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say when you feel like it. It doesn't say when, whenever you don't have a headache or you're not feeling well. It says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't let your labor be in vain. The only thing I can tell you is serve God. Serve God. I hate to say it like this, but don't be a pew warmer. Don't just come in here. Be active. Go soul winning with Pastor Brooks or whoever else. You're the only one I can think of. But go soul winning. Go knock on some doors. Go fill up them vans with kids. Go fill up them Sunday school classes. It's great seeing brand new people here I've never met in my life. And it's great seeing on your website that you have to have two services because you're kind of busting out of the seams. I love seeing Pastor Williams here and seeing the work that he started 50 years ago or however many years ago it's been. He could have easily, and if I get the story right, I hope I do, before he came here, he could have had a church that was big, way bigger than this, if I'm right. But God said, no, I want you to go to Rapid City, South Dakota and start one. I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for Liberty Baptist. I don't know where I'd be if, if God said, Pastor Williams, uh, I want you to stay where you're at right now. 
I don't know how many people would not have gotten saved from the printing ministry that was started. I'll never forget, Brother Foley, Pastor Williams up here, we need, we need to pray for a guy that, that can run a printing, printing press. Man, Brother Foley came up, uh, guess what I do for a living? Huh, I have a print shop. I can run that, I can run it for you. And now you're full-time, right? Labor won't be in vain. That labor won't be in vain. Be a Joseph. Be submissive. Can't remember the other one. Sacrificial, thank you. And be steadfast. I knew that one. Thank you. It was a joy seeing these young men back here tonight. It really was. It reminded me a lot of when I grew up here. And young men, let me tell you, if you're not saved tonight, please don't leave this auditorium. Please don't leave the, even leave this building. The night that my mom drug me into that office, I have no idea where I'd be tonight. I have no idea. I don't want to know. I don't care to know. All I know is that I'm serving God, my family's serving God, and that's all that matters. And we're in God's will. Now, I'd love to be back, but it wouldn't be God's will. So maybe pray that it would be God's will. Pastor Brooks.